This is your daily real estate syndication show, and I am your host, Whitney Sewell. Today is a highlight show that's packed with value from different guests around a specific topic. Don't forget to like and subscribe, but also go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up to start investing in real estate today. I hope you enjoy the show. Our guest is Amy Wan. Thanks for being on the show, Amy. Thanks for having me back. So get us started. Is that something I should consider or not and why and where do we go to figure it out? Yeah, sure. So maybe let's start off with what crowdfunding is not, right? And so crowdfunding is not a way to make money rain from the sky. (laughs) It is not a way for folks to, you know, go find capital when they have no other ways of finding capital. I just want to make that really clear. I always get a lot of calls. I got one last week, right? From someone who was like, Hey, I want to do a $50 million offering. And I was like, great. Okay. And they're like, and I want to build a real estate crowdfunding platform. I'm like, Oh, hmm, okay. And so as we were going into conversations about why and what specific projects he wanted to do and stuff like that, the story was they wanted to raise $50 million for an office building. And I asked him, you know, like, how much money can you from your investor base actually bring to the table? And they said $1 million. And I said, okay, well, are you going to get financing on this project? Because then you don't have to raise all $50 million. Maybe you only have to raise like 10 or 20. And they didn't want to bring financing. And so... This is where a lot of people, I think, have unrealistic expectations. If you can only raise one yourself and you want to go to the crowd to get the other $49 million, you're going to be very, very hard-pressed to do that, right? And there are ways that you can bridge the gap in what you need versus what you can bring to the table without crowdfunding, too. And so we can talk about that. But I guess maybe first, let's talk about what are the types of crowdfunding, right? And there are four types. So the first type is donation-based crowdfunding. And that's like GoFundMe, right? So it's, if I go and put up a GoFundMe page, then you, Whitney, you give me $5 and in return, you get good, happy feelings, right? So that's not what we really do in the real estate industry. There's also rewards-based crowdfunding. So that's Kickstarter, Indiegogo, right? If I am doing a rewards-based crowdfunding campaign to, I don't know, like make really cool pens, then you, Whitney, give me $5 and I give you the first edition of this really cool pen. Again, not what we do in the real estate industry so often. The other two are what I really call investment crowdfunding. And these are the ones that real estate folks can use. Most of your listeners will be using what we call equity-based crowdfunding, right? And so that is, I'm raising for a real estate project. I already have a loan term sheet or something like that. So I've got financing. I just want to bring the equity piece to the table because I don't have that capital myself or I'm trying to conserve my capital, right? And so... I will go ask the crowd, hey, just like I would in a regular real estate syndication where I'm doing like a 56B or a private offering. Instead, I'm going to go to the crowd. I'm going to advertise, give me this equity money and you guys will get a return on investment. And then the last one is debt-based crowdfunding. And there's a lot of real estate debt crowdfunding platforms out there. You know, The one I was general counsel at previously was Patch of Land. There's a ton of them now, right? There's also ones that don't have to do with real estate. So you guys might have heard of Lending Club, Prosper, 
funding circles, those will do debt crowdfunding to individuals. They will do them to small businesses. You can do it for your startup, whatever, right? So those are really the four types. What we're really going to concentrate on today is equity-based crowdfunding, where you're bringing the equity piece of the pie to the table. I think the next thing to tackle is who should be doing it and who should not be doing it. So there are different types of crowdfunding. We talked about accredited crowdfunding, Rule 56C, which is probably the type of crowdfunding that people in the real estate space tend to do the most if they do do it at all. There are other types of crowdfunding, regulation crowdfunding, regulation A+, where really it's much more of a niche thing and you're not really going to use it as a strategy unless there's really good justification for it. So the type of crowdfunding I'm really going to be concentrating on today is Rule 506C of Regulation D. So I would say folks that are equipped to do this, it's probably not going to be your first deal if you're just starting off with real estate syndication. Why? Because when you go off and you generally solicit to bring in accredited investors, those investors oftentimes tend to be much more sophisticated. They're more experienced. They will do due diligence, right? And at the end of the day, crowdfunding has never been and will never be, hey, I bought a Google ad and I advertised my deal and someone saw it and they clicked a button and they invested like $25,000. Like if that happens at all, it happens very, very rarely with probably someone who, you know, maybe hasn't done a lot of investment before. They just won the lottery or something. Yeah, I know. I know. And, you know, take it from me. Like I actually used to work at a real estate crowdfunding platform, right? And it was never like, oh, we do advertisements and people click and they invest. No, like, We had an entire investment relations team, right? Because people wanted to talk to someone. They wanted to make sure this isn't some Ponzi scheme. This isn't some scam or illegitimate operation that there are real people and there's a real company that operates out of a real office somewhere in the United States, right? If they're close, they may want to come meet you. If they're not close, they want to know that other people invest with you, that you have a track record, that you're great with underwriting. So, you know, a lot of people tend to call and say like, oh, I don't have a list of accredited investors yet. I want to go crowdfund. And I always say, no, start off with friends and family. Why? Because you want to, you don't have a track record yet, right? You want to build your track record and who is going to trust you more than friends and family. And hey, maybe when you get one or two or three deals funded with friends and family that are paying out, maybe one of them exits very quickly, whatever. And then you start getting more and more accredited investors, right? That you're meeting through meetups or, you know, like, podcasts that you do or networking events, you know, at Joe's conferences or whatever. Once you start getting that track record underway, then it's a lot easier for people to invest in you. A, because you can say, hey, these were the last three deals that I did, right? You can give them examples. If they want to talk to one of your other investors, you can refer them to one of your friends and family because you will have had practice and experience talking with your friends and family and selling them on this deal, 
right? And so when the hard questions come, hopefully your friends and family have asked them of you before. And so you will actually know what kind of answers to give, right? And so I would say accredited crowdfunding is really good for your person who is not just a beginning real estate syndicator. I think a lot of people always come in through the door thinking it's the answer to all my problems. And I'm just telling you it isn't, right? Here's the other thing. I think that there are ways to utilize accredited crowdfunding much more effectively. And then there are ways to waste a lot of money doing it, right? If you are truly going to use it effectively, I would say at the bare minimum, have a website, right? Have your website set up so that it is able to do this. And, you know, you, while you can go and use one of the white label crowdfunding platforms, you don't have to. There are much, much cheaper options of doing this. And, and I say this because, you know, I've been in real estate crowdfunding since 20, the beginning of 2014. And I've seen people they've wanted to reinvent everything from scratch. They want to go hire this tech team or this outsource dev team and spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars building a real estate crowdfunding platform, or they even want to go white label one. You don't have to do that, right? The technology is not going to be what takes your business and makes it super scalable. There's not going to be a great ROI because, you know, real estate crowdfunding sites are a dime a dozen. There's so many out there. You know, I think in 2016, there were probably over a thousand of them, right? And so don't waste your money or your time trying to build all this from scratch. You don't need to, okay? There are much more effective ways of doing this. Also, if you're going to do this effectively, I would say you want to make sure that you have a very good marketing team right? So you can go out and obviously tweet and go post on LinkedIn for free. But really, I always tell people, if you're going to do a 5-6-C, it's best if you only do it once in a while, right? Because most of your money is still going to come from your 5-6-B investors. 5-6-C is a great way to funnel people into the pipeline that haven't previously heard of you. Um, but you don't have to do it on every single deal. And so the deals that you do do it on, make sure you're using it effectively and go out there, do advertising campaigns, go to, I don't know, pitch things, go announce it at meetups, right? Because that's really the only opportunity that you can to do all that stuff. You cannot do that for your regular 506B deals. Okay. Our guest is Cam Zanabadi. Thanks for being on the show, Cam. Thank you for having me, Whitney. Dr. Zanabadi is both a medical doctor and a seasoned real estate investor. He has teamed up with Silicon Valley to remove any barrier for syndicators to enter online real estate crowdfunding. These barriers imposed by current platforms include high-cost, stringent assets, under-management criteria, exclusivity agreements, and many more. Cam, thank you again for your time. This is an interesting topic, especially for syndicators, and I feel like we should all know more about crowdfunding probably and what that is and why that relates to our business. And so let's jump right in and tell us you know, a little more about you know, your background, your business in real estate, and you know, your crowdfunding piece here that you're building. Absolutely. I mean, my background, as you said, I'm a medical doctor, but I've known all my life that real estate is the way to build the best way to assets. So 
I right after residency, when I started, it was actually during the financial crisis. And I started building my real estate portfolio through purchase of many single family homes in the area, in the markets around where I was working. And then I expanded that into multifamily portfolio. Then I went into Through my kind of connections I made in this real estate business, I started investing as passive investor in syndications. Then I jumped into 2012 and afterwards when um, crowdfunding and became a viable entity through the Jobs Act. And there was these crowdfunding sites trying to take root and take hold of that segment of the crowdfunding market. And for real estate, I started investing with them. So that's really my personal background. Besides real estate, I've also invested in angel. I've been an angel investor. I've made connections in the Silicon Valley. And that's where really my strengths are, that I have connections and relationship between both the real estate market and a good knowledge of it. And also from the VC side or angel side, I kind of really got to know the workings of Silicon Valley and how a startup could succeed. Nice. It's interesting, just your history in investing. I mean, single family and multifamily, then you went passive in syndications, and then also, you know, then got into crowdfunding as well and other types of investing also. Talk a little bit to us about, you know, what you're currently working on in the crowdfunding space. And let's jump into what crowdfunding is and what you're doing there. Let's go back a little bit. In order to sell any kind of security, usually SEC frowned upon general solicitation. That meant that Right. You only, you know, whether it's stocks or real estate, you can't really go and advertise it, for example, in the Wall Street Journal or nowadays in online on the internet or social media. That was really frowned upon until around 2012 and later on when, you know, we had this crowdfunding exemptions and the 506C exemption and things like that. And that allowed actually kind of the burgeoning or the rise of this whole sector of the market, which is actually one of the largest growth sectors, about 50% year over year. So it's going to get larger and larger in the future. That's no doubt about it. So crowdfunding allows, for example, let's talk about real estate because that's what we're here for, allows you know real estate uh, professionals such as syndicators to take advantage of that because, as you know, syndicates were limited to the pool of investors they knew. I mean, they usually have a core of investors and they always are trying to get more investors to invest with them. And this is, I mean, there's certainly wide part of the spectrum. There's really high, you know, the really successful syndicates that have large amount of asset under management. And there's a large sector of the market that's just trying to build a network of investors. So what does that mean? They could be able to acquire larger asset classes. You're kind of limited by really money, 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 right? I mean, that's always the, the issue. So this allows really those syndicates that are trying to build up their pool of investors to jump into the arena and be able to be more successful. The way to do it typically is through 506C. That's most of what the real estate syndicates have done because Reg A, which is the one of the other two ways of doing crowdfunding, is very difficult and, and strenuous and it's very difficult to do it. Most syndicates don't really do that. It's really kind of a pre-IPO and it's very just time and money consuming. So it doesn't really work. The CF or crowdfunding exemption, actually, the limitation is really allows only $1 million, $1.07 million, but that actually has changed. So the big limitation with crowdfunding exemption was you could only get it, you could only raise about a million, which, you know, it's most of the time it doesn't really work for any kind of syndicated deals. However, there's been a new ruling, which is going to go into effect in the next few months. It's going to raise the limit to $5 million. 
So that's a big deal for crowdfunding exemption. That allows more of these real estate syndicated deals to be able to actually use a crowdfunding exemption. So those are the three different exemptions we talked about. Where Parkplace comes in is, so, you know, my investment with the crowdfunding platforms, which I'm not going to name, I found that there are certain limitations and there are certain strengths to them. They highly vet their deals. So that means the end of the funnel really allows only 0.2% of their all the deals that they vet to go through. So it's, it's a very difficult selection criteria for them. And number two is the cost they impose on syndications could be anywhere between 5 to 7%. So as you can imagine, if you want to raise $10 million, it could be quite a bit of money. Their deals are kind of limited to the larger syndications that are really kind of okay with that. But that leaves a large amount of the you know startup syndications and mid-sized syndications out of the out of the arena. So what some of these syndications have done, they've created these portals for themselves, either through white label software and allow to build up the pool of investors. As you can imagine, it's very difficult to market yourself to the entire you know internet community because you know their strength is not really in that. Their marketing was more towards the friends and family model. It's not really their segment of strength. So having said all that, that you know, I realized, listen, you know, I mean, I, this is just, it's time for, to change that, really. And that's where Parkplace came from. I spoke to a few of my, you know, associates from Silicon Valley, and they kind of did some due diligence for me. I said, yeah, this is actually a really good idea. I mean, you could, and the idea is create a platform that basically it's a marketplace where syndications that could list their deal. It's actually, it's very simple to list. They could list it within 10 to 15 minutes and the listing goes live. And then from the investor side, the investors, you know, if they search for a deal and if it meets their, for example, location, certain criteria, then they basically connect. That's what we're doing. We're facilitating those transactions and meeting up of the investors with the syndications. We're not getting a cut of that. That's the model that's different. We're trying to democratize the entire sector. And I think, I believe there's many ways to, as far as a company's health financially, you could monetize it from a different way than the current crowdfunding platforms and a way that would create a more of a win-win situation for both investors, both for syndications, and of course, for us to be able to survive and financially and bring more of our services to the community. Could you go a little more in depth on the just the relationship between, let's say, you know, the syndicator operator and something, you know, like Park Place Investment and what that relationship looks like, you know, when they have the deal and what happens? Sure, absolutely. So the relationship is a partnership, really, because the syndications have complete control of their deal. And Park Place is, we want them to know that Park Place is another way, not the only way. So when they sign an agreement to list a deal with us, we don't have an exclusive agreement. That's not our business. We want them to succeed any way they can. So it's really a partnership. They would list their deal. The deal is going live. We do have a vetting process on ourselves because make sure we don't have any bogus deals. But we really kind of rely on our relationships that we built even before the listing for the syndications because we have so many syndications that we know. And we want them to create the partnership of going live and that's for both of our benefits. Now, so when Park Place, when the syndication lists the deal on Park Place, the deal is live. Um, they put upload their photos, they, the entire deal information. And then second thing we provide, if they choose to use our services, 
We have services that provide anything with the, um, you know, if they want to do 506C, we provide all those services. If they want to do a prospectus or offering memorandum, which is a requirement, although not strict for 506C, we could provide those services. Obviously, forming a real estate entity, which, you know, if they, they choose to use our services, we could do that. That's from the legal and kind of regulatory standpoint. So we, those are things we facilitate for them. And also we've created a relationship with certain financial institutions that if they want to use our lenders of choice, we could certainly provide that. It's a community. You know, we provide these services. If they choose to use it, they would. If they don't, they, they don't. And, and lastly, we do not charge any percentage commission on their capital raise. That's not how our model works. So we want to make it really easy for them. We don't want them to list a deal and be charged $50,000. Really, that's just, I don't think that's really a way to form a partnership. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day. 